Hello, 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 good day, and welcome to another episode of After School History. I am, as always, your genial host, Anthony J. Ashitino. I know it's been a couple of weeks since I've last spoken to you, and I, I do apologize for that. I took a little bit of a vacation, <clears throat> and then I was sick for a bit. And as you know, if you've listened to me for any amount of time, um, I refuse to record when I'm sick. Um, I won't give you my beloved listeners, anything less than the best. I won't record if my voice is scratchy and is off topic or if I'm just really not feeling well. And sometimes, you know, you take a NyQuil to to deal with, you know, having some issues and, and you're not in the best position to record and I won't do that. Um, I only record when I am completely on top of my game. And so uh, I am back. And I am completely on top of my game. And oh boy, do we have so many things to talk about right now. It's really impressive. So let's let's dive right into it, okay? Let's jump right into things and talk about some of the major issues that are going on today. And I want to start with nothing less than the following. I want to start, as an historian, with talking about statues. This is going to be one of the more controversial issues that I've talked about in a while because, well, let's just say it's it's now something that everyone's talking about. The president's talking about it. Congress is talking about it. State governments are talking about it. Governors are talking about it. Legislatures are talking about it. Individuals are talking about it. We're all talking about it. So all the better that we talk about it here. Um, so let's get right down to it. Statues are not history. Statues are used at times to represent certain aspects of history. But a statue itself is not history. What do I mean by that? Well, I'll tell you, very frankly. If there were no statues of Christopher Columbus and I... I've, I've had issues in the past because of my podcast about Christopher Columbus. I've had issues about Christopher Columbus. But I'll say this. If you had no statues of Christopher Columbus, it wouldn't mean that he didn't exist. And it would not by any means remove him from our discussion of history. I would still be teaching about Christopher Columbus any historian worth their salt would still be teaching about him. If you remove the statue of Robert E. Lee, it wouldn't mean that we're not talking about the Civil War. This is nonsense. This is simply trying to avoid a discussion that is uncomfortable for a lot of people about the Confederacy, about the Civil War, about, and, and not just that, but let's keep going. Let's go with Columbus. Let's talk about people that, you know, existed before that. The issue about statues is that statues are erected to represent an individual, to, to basically proclaim them as an important person. I mean, why would you do that? You don't put statues. Up. I don't have any statues up about me, even though I do think that I'm a fairly important person. But there are many people I know that I think are very important people, and they don't have any statues up about them. But the issue is that 
when you're talking about, and this is my, my problem as an historian, when you're talking about erasing history, when you're making this claim that getting rid of statues destroys our past, no, it does not by any means. Again, as an historian, if you destroyed every single statue of Columbus that exists in the United States, come September, when uh, ostensibly we're going to be having school again, I would still be teaching about Christopher Columbus. And if you destroyed every single statue of Robert E. Lee, Braxton Bragg, Albert City, John, Albert City Johnson, uh, you know, all of these other Confederate characters, I would still be teaching the Civil War. It's not going to erase history. It's not going to do anything about that. Um, you don't just decide, well, the statues are gone. We're going to ignore that part of history. No, 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 no. You're still teaching history. The issue is that when you have statues up of people who maybe, for example, with the Civil War, now I'm going to express an opinion uh, espoused by many Northerners here, that people who fought for the Southern side in the Civil War, especially on the upper levels, I'm not talking about the average Confederate soldier, but especially in the upper levels, um, they made a conscientious decision to leave the Union. Now, I know, you get this argument all the time. Well, they were fighting for their states. Okay, well, they, they may have been, all right? But they made a decision to fight for their states instead of fight for the United States. So you decided you were going to fight for Tennessee, or you're going to fight for South Carolina, or you're going to fight for Georgia or Arkansas instead of the United States. And, you know, you have every right to do that. I, again, those of you who know me know, I do not slam down on people for their own choices. But you, th you fought a losing battle. You were defeated. The United States remained an intact nation. You fought a war on behalf of a side that, and again, here we go with this one, which I always love talking about. You fought on behalf, if you fought for the Confederacy, you fought for slavery. There are no two ways about it. Go ahead and read the Cornerstone speech by Alf Stevens. Go ahead and read every, almost every single southern states, the states that went to the Confederacy, should I say, rather. Read their reasons for leaving. It was all tied into slavery. If you fought on behalf of the Confederacy, you fought not for your own state simply, but you fought to keep slavery as an intact institution, and you fought on behalf of making sure that blacks in this country were always going to be property. That's all there is to it. You can make a lot of arguments on the wayside. You can cry and moan about this and that. But at the end of the day, this is what you were arguing for. This was your fight. And you made that fight, and you lost. So this argument about statues, I have no problem taking statues and putting them into a museum and being like, well, this is that. But, you know, when you really look at it, I mean, this was a civil war that ended up costing the lives of half a million Americans. 
give or take, okay? Um, a war which, by the way, was started by the states in rebellion. Um, it was started when they seceded from the Union and then um, started with the um, firing upon Fort Sumter, all right? Th this was not something that northern states, the states that remained loyal to the Union, they did not start this, okay? They reacted to it. But it took four long, bloody years, okay, in order to deal with this. And so the removal of these statues, and then we get into the renaming of, of bases here, and it's like, well, Fort Bragg, and this and that. It's like, dude, Braxton Bragg was a mediocre general at most. You're not even talking about, like, a Fort Lee or something like that, or a Fort Jackson, or a Fort Johnson. I mean... At least then you could make the argument, well, these were heroic characters, they were, they were noble fighters of the cause. You're talking about a mediocre general at best who was, who was bad, you know, when he was actually in fire, under fire. <clears throat> so stop with this. Stop with this nonsense, okay? If you really want to keep things the way they are, then just come out with it and be like, listen, we, we want to keep things, state, you know, um, um, forts that were named well after the fact. And, you know, I had a friend of mine, I won't mention the name, but I was like, oh, you know, um, Fort Bragg, Special Forces, you know, that's where they come from, that's where their history is. And I was like, and their history will continue to come from that fort after it's renamed for someone else. Okay? Like Rutgers University, which those of you who listen to me know, Rutgers University, my alma mater, uh, and, and one a, a place I love. I love to death. And I will defend with all of my dying breath, even though I don't always agree with what Rutgers does. But Rutgers was Queens College for years until it changed because you know, we had a you know, <laughs> we had a bit of a rebellion here ourselves. And then it became you know from Queens College. Afterwards, Colonel Henry Rutgers donated some land. And it became Rutgers University. Well, Rutgers College and then Rutgers University. So let's stop pretending that we can't rename things, okay? We can always rename things. I think it's fantastic. Princeton is wiping uh, Wilson's name off of stuff. I think that's a great thing. Uh, you know, it, it's time for a revisiting of all that we hold clear. Uh, so I wanted to talk about that. I also wanted to make a brief mention about one of the things that um, I've, had a, I've had a few debates about this over the course of the last week, uh, police brutality and Black Lives Matter and everything going on with that. Now, one of the key moments is when people bring up, they're like, well, you know, uh, you aware that there were, you know, uh, 30 people killed in Chicago last week. Yes, I, I do get that. I, I understand that. Uh, one of the many reasons I am in favor of, 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 of stricter gun laws in this country. But be that as it may. All right, let's, let's go past that. Oh, well, do you even know the names of these people? Do you even care about them? You know, just because they were killed, they were black people, they were killed. You don't even know about them. Well, here's the thing. When we talk about Black Lives Matter... What we're really talking about 
in many ways is the fact that Black Lives Matter because, unfortunately, the police departments in this country have shown a tremendous ability to shoot and kill black people or to to execute black people um, and and this is you 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 can't debate this the numbers are out there <clears throat> and so what we're talking about is we're talking about the fact that we don't want this to continue going on now are black people killing other black people absolutely are white people killing other white people Without question. Nobody talks about white-on-white crime. People talk about black-on-black crime. Either of them are inherently bad, and I am not saying that one is okay and one is not. Any kind of killing is bad. But what we were talking about here with police brutality is the fact that in, unfortunately, so many of these situations, you have police officers reacting very differently to African-Americans, and in some cases, killing them. And that's a problem. That's a big problem. And again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon of every single cop is a murder or anything. I'm not going to do that. So please, I, I believe I've said this before in my podcast, uh, please don't link me in with that, okay? Because uh, that's not how I feel. But I will say that, unfortunately, this goes on more often than it does not. And it goes on too much in any case. And so I think that what we need to do is we need to really reevaluate and revisit what's going on with police. And we need to reevaluate and revisit what's going on in our communities. And talk about the fact that, you know, we, we have these individuals being murdered, uh, you know, being strangled, being choked. Um, this is, this is not good. This is not good at all. And for police, I mean, you know, again, when you get these cases of, oh man, the body cameras went out. Oh boy, it's too bad. The body cameras went out. We don't have any vision. The body cameras ideally, and again, this is ideally in a perfect world, the body cameras should be as much a help to the police as they should to the individuals being, uh, you know, stopped by the police. If you think about it, if you're a cop, wouldn't you be in favor of a police, of, of a camera, of a shoulder camera going on? Because then it relieves you. If you're actually doing the right thing, you don't have to worry about someone accusing you of, oh, this cop threatened this and that. No, you could be like, all right, let's go to the video camera. No, it shows that I actually did exactly what the protocol was. The only time you have a problem with things being on tape is when you've done something that's not going to look good. So the idea is that the, the uh, you know, recordings of police officers, that should be a plus plus. It should be a bonus for everyone involved. Because if the cop does something inappropriate, well, then you know what? It's on record and the individuals who have been slighted by it can be like, well, look, what's on record here? And on the other hand, as I said, if the cop is actually not doing anything inappropriate, well, then you know what? It's on record for him or her. And they can look back on it and be like, all right, that's cool. This person said I, you know, slammed their head into the the you know trunk of the car a couple of times 
Well, here's all the video. If, if this person claims that the cop pulled the gun on me before I did something to them, well, here's the video, okay? So it should be a positive thing for everyone involved. And it should be something that everyone wants. I don't know why it isn't, okay? But unfortunately, these days, you know, we have some real questions about uh, why it isn't. So there, there's that. And, and like I said, you know, the issue is, again, and I'll leave it at this, it's not just about people killing people. People, unfortunately, do kill people all the time. The issue is whether or not the cops, the police officers who are, are, are suborned to protect and serve, that is their obligation. They are, they are meant to protect and serve, which is what they should do. Okay, And when they're the ones committing the crimes, yes, they are held to a higher standard than the average Joe who goes out there and does something, shoots someone, commits a crime. Absolutely, they are being held to a higher standard. Uh, And like I said, as well, they should be. So we've got that going on. Um, and, And one of the last things I wanted to talk about today... I know I could go on, and believe me, I could go on for a long time, but I didn't want to. I wanted to give you guys something to come back into, to listen to, to engage with, and uh, and again, if you have issues, you know, by all means, send to me. I wanted to talk about something that is absolutely ludicrous going on right now, and that is in the United States. Um, and if you're not from the United States, bear with me here and, and listen to me here because, you know, unfortunately, everyone's being affected by this these days. The issue of testing for coronavirus. Now, the uh, president of the United States has said that the problem is that the more people you test, the more positive cases you get. So, first of all, no, that's, that's only true in one sense. <laughs> it's, it's not true in the literal sense that, you know, if I tested 100,000 people, I would get 25,000 cases. Um, I would if 25,000 people were actually infected with COVID-19. Then, yeah, you're absolutely right, I would. But if only 5,000 people were infected, I wouldn't get 25,000 cases. Okay, that's not how it works, all right? Um, Second of all, and I know this is something I I find it hilarious, all the memes out there. Um, It's almost the case of like, oh man, if only I hadn't gotten this pregnancy test, I wouldn't be pregnant. And it's like, wow, you know, that's... It's true, it's like, no, it doesn't matter if you test people or not. People are either sick or they are not. There's no two ways about it. Testing is simply a means to determine how many people are sick and then to begin to take action about those individuals based on how you feel they need to be handled. So, for example, you can be like, oh, well, we have positive tests you know, we, we have 150,000 cases in this place. Listen, if you don't test uh, Florida, for example, for the next two months, it's not going to stop the number of Floridians who are sick 
with coronavirus. It's not going to change that. You're simply just not going to report it. You know, I mean, I've always said, uh, you know, when it comes to things like, you know, I've talked about AIDS in the past, and I've always said, you know, um, not one person has ever died of AIDS. Nobody dies of AIDS, okay? It hasn't killed a person. Now, the pneumonia that kills you when AIDS destroys your immune system, that's what kills you. Now, of course, I'm being very facetious about this. Uh, The bottom line is that AIDS is what really does it to you because you wouldn't have died from something else if it wasn't for AIDS. And that's another thing about all these people that are like, oh, you know, well, you know, people had other conditions, you know, with coronavirus. Yes, I know about this, okay? I have had friends, personal friends of mine, who have died from coronavirus. Now, have they had... Uh, you know, um, uh, other conditions. Yes, they live with those conditions for years. Then all of a sudden, when they caught coronavirus, they died. So you can you can preach to me all day long about how um, people who haven't had other conditions. Oh well, you know, it's not coronavirus. That's not what's killing them. N- no, it actually is. Okay, it is killing them. All right, it's killing them because. If it wasn't for coronavirus, they wouldn't have died. All right? That's all there is to it. It's very simple. It's very easy to understand. And so that's what I'm going to continue uh, preaching about. <clears throat> and so when, when I talk about um, testing, I think it is extremely critical. We need to know what's going on. We need to be able to do... Uh, tracing of people that have coronavirus. We need to understand who's had it and, and, and how we can determine who else might have it. Okay. And people that have it need to know that they have it so that they can go get the appropriate help that, that, that that's required. I mean, you know, if they don't, if they refuse to go, they could be spreading it to people. I mean, it's just a terrible thing overall. And, you know, for those of you listening here, I just want to make this very clear. The coronavirus does suck. There are no two ways about it. Um, I want it to go away. I really do. But it's not. It's not going away. It's preying on us right now. It's continuing to kill people at a, a really ridiculous rate. It's going to continue to kill people. We need to take steps. They suck. Uh, Again, I don't like being at home and not with my friends. Um, I am a teacher. I'm an educator. I like being at school. I do, okay? I I do. Everyone's like, oh, don't you like this? The only thing I've ever not liked about school, and I will say this now and I'll say it a million times and never feel sorry. Um, I teach close to an hour away from where I live. I hate waking up at 5.15 in the morning. Okay, in order to go to school. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I will never like it. I'm not a morning person. But I love, I love getting to school and talking with my co-teachers about things, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, my social studies teachers about history, my language arts teachers, we, we work on things together. I get there and then I'm with my students and we're talking about stuff. 
and I'm, I'm, I'm working to educate them. And, you know, again, when I see them, you know, make like, oh, man, I totally get what you're saying. Yes, I know. Now, that doesn't always happen. I'm not that teacher that, you know, every single student, you know, immediately becomes, you know, oh, you know, I totally get. Now I've gotten the meaning of life from you. No, but you know what? It, it, I do I do as many teachers. We do change students' lives, and I love it. I love being able to talk with them about it. And so, being all of a sudden that you're at home, it sucks. It does. I know so many students that are like, you know, I'm depressed. I'm upset. I know adults that are depressed and upset. It does suck, but we have to fight through this. We cannot go about and and be like, oh, well, whatever, I'm going to go out and I'm going to party and I'm going to do this and that and I'm not going to wear a mask. Oh, you can't do that. You're being irresponsible. We will beat this. You know, as humans, we've beaten pretty much everything. I mean, since the asteroid, we've beaten everything that's come at us, okay? And, and I get that. I do. But this could end up killing off millions of people. And, you know, I get it that millions of people is not a big deal when you're talking about billions of people alive. But when one of those people is someone that you taught with for for years, that you knew them, you knew about their family, you used to have conversations about what their kid was doing in college, yeah, then, then it becomes a little more. And I've known a lot of people, a lot of people who have dealt with that, who have dealt with people dying from this, you know, accursed virus. Um, and, you know, this is, this is where we are. We need to take steps to put this thing down. And unless we all do, it's not going to work. And we, we need to be there. We need to be there for one another. We need to to quash this as quickly as we can. So that's uh, that's what I have to say for now. Uh, you know my points I think are valid. If you have an issue with them, by all means, please, um, you know, send something over the uh, the anchor, you know, app. I'm also of course on the the Apple, uh, you know, iPod stuff. Um, it, you know, I've, I've heard that, uh, Seth Rogen has a, a very big, uh, very big, um, podcast. I would like to end up beating him because I've heard that he's, uh, you know, can be a bit of a jerk. So, so, you know what, go, go after me, tell everyone to start pumping my stuff up. Maybe I'll be more than him. And then I'll tell you what, it would be nice if I can get a hundred million dollar a year podcast contract. That'd be nice. He must be really something else that he can get that. Anyway, <coughs> sorry about that. Um, here we are, and I will definitely be putting stuff up more frequently for you guys. Uh, again, you know, like I said, I took a little bit of a vacation, and then I had a little bit of an illness, but I'm back 100% right now. I'm not taking any vacations anytime soon, and I'm not planning on letting any illnesses get to me, okay? Not going to do it, you know? thousand points of light and all that so if you have any issues questions comments things you want to throw at me please do let me know ahead of time and uh other than that i will talk to you guys 
very soon. And, uh, you know, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week and enjoy everything. Bye-bye.